Welcome back to San Francisco Legislative Outlook, the weekly program that provides you with an update on the latest decisions made by our elected officials. And I'm C.J. Hunt. And I'm Jennifer Lowe. On Monday, September 22nd, the Government Audit and Oversight Committee held hearings on several reports from the civil grand jury. The reports included fits and starts, the response of San Francisco government to past civil grand jury recommendations, accountability in San Francisco government, and a year of five elections for the city and county of San Francisco. How do you know you're getting it right if you don't follow up and see whether your prediction was correct? We were not suggesting that the controller's office either is or isn't correct on its predictions, just that there's no follow-up, again, accountability on those predictions. There, there's no mention whatsoever about all the improvements that have been made before the fact. And I, I think that, it, that it's frustrating and I think it's somewhat misleading and it's disappointing. The committee amended the reports to register their partial disagreement with some of the suggestions and forwarded all of the reports to the full board with recommendation. Finally, the committee also held a hearing on the Communities of Opportunity program. This is a new anti-poverty paradigm. And the reason folks like me have come to the table around it is because we know that the systems we have in place now don't work. Also on September 22nd, the Land Use and Economic Development Committee held a special hearing on the status of the Eastern Neighborhoods Plan. There was a great deal of public interest in the plan. What I see here are developers who have no idea whatsoever how poor people live and what are their needs. I don't see the planning department or the current codes following through with creating real livable neighborhoods for communities and families in this city. We think that it deserves to be put to the test of the marketplace, see what works and what doesn't, and in a couple of years come back and fix what doesn't work and maybe make modifications. But this is very bold and far-reaching, and no one should have any doubts about that. Consideration of the Eastern Neighborhoods Plan will continue on October 6th. On Tuesday, September 23rd, the board held a public hearing on an appeal of the Environmental Impact Report for the Eastern Neighborhoods Rezoning and Area Plans Project. The board approved a motion affirming the Planning Commission's approval of the Environmental Impact Report with a unanimous vote of the supervisors present at the time. The board approved the reappointment of Frank Fun to the Board of Appeals. Only Supervisor Daly voted against the reappointment. The board also approved the reappointment of Tanya Peterson to the Board of Appeals with a unanimous vote. Also on Tuesday, the full Board of Supervisors continued to October 7th an ordinance providing that all city affordable housing programs give preference to certificate of preference holders. These certificates were given to San Francisco residents displaced by projects managed by the Redevelopment Agency. Items placed on the board's consent agenda are usually not controversial. When a board member objects to an item or thinks the item deserves a hearing, the supervisor can request that the item be referred to committee. Now that happened this week with an item on the consent agenda urging the Department of Public Works to immediately halt the implementation of the changes to the Mechanical Street Sweeping Program for 30 days. At the request of Supervisor Ellsburn, the resolution was referred to the City Operations and Neighborhood Services Committee. On Wednesday, the Land Use and Economic Development Committee 
deliberated on a plan to impose a conditional use requirement for establishments that sell tobacco paraphernalia, also known as head shops. As a board, we have already acknowledged the detrimental impact of these shops and passed 45-day and six-month moratoriums on new tobacco paraphernalia establishments. The legislation before us today would create permanent controls uh, in the form of a conditional use process for new tobacco paraphernalia stores in San Francisco. Along Polk Street, uh, we have uh, six of these establishments in five blocks, and they're just oversaturated, and we even have another one that tried to open in violation of the moratorium. Uh, we have support for this ordinance from Lower Polk Neighbors, Middle Polk Neighbors, Polk Corridor Merchants Association, and Community Leadership Alliance. Uh, we feel that the, um, it's both necessary and reasonable. The item was amended and forwarded to the full board with recommendation. The committee also considered an item creating a rental subsidy program for low-income families that establishes a need-based local housing subsidy for homeless families. And what we believe is going to happen is a lot of the families will be able to leave the subsidy um, and we'll be able to turn it over to other families to use, which is the idea, but for those few families who are unable to raise their income, um, that we would be able to allow them to stay in housing instead of having that very cruel idea of giving them a taste of housing and then snatching it away. I'm just very, very concerned about what's going to happen if they cut my subsidy off. I can't pay $1,200 for the subsidy. I just, I won't be able to pay it. I can't work right now. It's not because I don't want to work. I'm willing to work. I'm strong. I'm intelligent. But it's just a very difficult time in my life right now. So I'm trying to get back on my feet. After a lot of testimony from low-income people describing their hardships, the committee forwarded the item to the full board without recommendation. Now let's take a break for a special look at the latest reports from the civil grand jury. The civil grand jury is a unit and no one person, four person or anyone can pursue their own idea to the exclusion or without the tempering force of the others. I'm not saying people don't come on with something they really want to push, but I've not seen it uh, be successful in the two years that I've served. At the time you start, you don't know what topics you will end up investigating. The topics are chosen by the current grand jury, and our first go-around, we probably had 50, maybe 60 possible topics up on the board. Then we winnowed it down and winnowed it down to where we got to the topics we would look at. The first one uh, would be accountability in city government. You know, how does the city function and in what ways does the city perhaps embrace business concepts in analyzing and evaluating its programs? We felt that if you made a prediction that something was going to not cost something or something would cost something in ordinary business, you would follow up and you would, you would analyze and make sure that you were on target and if you weren't on target then you'd go back and revise your analysis or, or your system of analysis to get better predictions. We felt that a, a, a business practice would be that if a department is required to file these reports there'd be follow-up. They'd be reviewed, they'd be analyzed and someone would do something about them. Another topic was the topic of homelessness. Uh, recognizing that um, a significant amount of the budget goes to the homelessness program. How is 
the money being spent and is it being effective. The city has made great strides in finding homes for the homeless. However, the perception of homelessness by the citizens is that it's not necessarily being solved. Drinking in the parks, drug use in the parks, panhandling in downtown tourist areas, sleeping in neighborhoods, those sorts of problems, which the citizens are still seeing and makes them wonder, well, what are we doing for the homeless? Are we being successful? So our recommendation was that the city should not only continue to provide homes, but really needs to address this other issue, which is the quality of life issue for both the homeless and for other residents of the city. Some people are suspicious of the election process and are questioning whether it's uh, fair, is it open, is it accurate. And so we uh, went to the Department of Elections and said, you know, we'd really like to observe as much as we can of the election process. It was a time-consuming report because we observed four elections in our term, but the problems were fairly clear-cut. The elections department needs a permanent home, particularly for its operations side. They took out a four-year lease, I believe, at Pier 48, and that did ameliorate the operations side for a while. But that's a short-term lease, and so the city should be committed to finding a permanent home for the Department of Elections operations. And the last one, uh, probably the report that um, interested me or got to me the most, I guess, it really touched me most, was the school's report. Uh, the admission process in San Francisco School District is um, a unique only in San Francisco admission process uh, and one that I find personally uh, very complicated and unduly so. We recommended that they seriously consider a lottery system that would assign students uh, to a school and at the same time giving families and students the opportunity to go to a different school if they wanted to. We recommended that they look to redefining the attendance area and perhaps trying to have students attend schools closer to home or within their attendance area. Some department managers will say thank you. Thank you for bringing this to light. Thank you for identifying the problem. Thank you for your work. Others uh, would wish that we had not asked the questions. Uh, maybe don't appreciate the way the report is worded, disagree that the problem identified is a problem. One of the things a civil grand jury has to be careful about is that you maintain um, an objectivity and that your report be uh, factually based and that your recommendations are based on findings and not just something you feel or think. It is reviewed by the presiding judge and he signs an order granting that it can be issued. The mayor's office is required to make responses within 60 days and then the Board of Supervisors is, re is responsible for responding in 90 days. And in the past two years what they've undertaken is to have hearings where um, the reports are reviewed, 
the grand jury has an opportunity to testify or make comments. Uh, the departments are invited to come and make comments uh, where they disagree, where they agree, and then the public can comment. If a person would like to learn more about the reports, they can go to the SFGov website, go to courts, and then under courts you will find civil grand jury. The advice I would give to anyone who is trying to understand the report and maybe is short on time, I would go to the report and each one has an executive summary in which we tried to explain what we were looking at, what we found, and then I would go towards the back of the report and I would read the summary of the findings and then I would read the recommendations. And if you read those three sections, you would have a fairly good idea of what we were looking at, what we found, and what we recommended. Now a report on the mayor's activities. This week, the mayor traveled to Washington, D.C. and New York City. On Tuesday, September 23rd, he was in Washington at the National Press Club, where he announced that San Francisco has enrolled 30,000 residents into the city's Healthy San Francisco Universal Health Care Program which is half of the estimated 60,000 uninsured residents that the program hopes to serve. The program was launched 15 months ago. Healthy San Francisco is designed to make health care services accessible and affordable to uninsured San Francisco residents. It is operated by the San Francisco Department of Public Health, or DPH. It provides a medical home and primary physician to each program participant, allowing a greater focus on preventative care, as well as specialty care and pharmaceuticals. On Thursday, the mayor was in New York, where he announced that San Francisco has agreed to a formal partnership with the Clinton Global Initiative to transform the city's civic center into a sustainable resource district that maximizes energy and water efficiency, reduces waste, and increases the use of wastewater. Sustainable strategies will be implemented on the Civic Center's buildings and public spaces to provide measurable and replicable results for cities worldwide and create a global center that educates the public on sustainable concepts. Although implementing the overall vision will take several years, the three-year commitment to action will launch on October 20, 2008, with a formal partnership with the Clinton in Climate Initiative, followed by a planning and evaluation stage and installation of the first projects expected in late 2009. Potential initial projects include the installation of solar rooftop photovoltaics, water conservation fixtures, living roofs, and a public Wi-Fi connection, among others. That's all for this week's report on the Mayor's activities. For more information on the Mayor's office, Check out sfgov.org slash mayor. And here's what's coming up next week with the Board of Supervisors. The Land Use and Economic Development Committee will be meeting twice next week. On Monday morning, they will consider a proposal for restrictive interim controls on new residential developments over 20 units or for new commercial or retail developments over 50,000 square feet along and near the Southern 19th Avenue corridor. They will also look at a resolution urging the Planning Department and Municipal Transportation Authority to conduct and continually update a comprehensive cumulative transportation impact study of foreseeable developments along the Southern 19th Avenue corridor.
The Land Use Committee will also deliberate on an ordinance designating the Tobin House at 1969 California Street as a landmark. On Monday, they will also look at an urgency ordinance imposing a 45-day moratorium on the conversion of residential rental units to student housing. This measure, from Supervisor Daly, is in response to the rapid expansion of the Academy of Art. The committee will also consider an ordinance that would establish new standards for review of applications for personal wireless service site permits. Several items related to Eastern Neighborhood Area Plans are on the Land Use and Economic Development Committee's agenda for Monday. But the agenda indicates that the committee is likely to continue the items to the meeting on Wednesday, October 1st. However, the agenda for the Wednesday meeting indicate that the items are likely to be continued to October 6th. The Wednesday Land Use and Economic Development Committee agenda for Wednesday includes an item limiting the establishment of new bars and restaurants in the North Beach Neighborhood Commercial District in locations occupied by basic neighborhood services. Also on Wednesday, the committee will consider an item authorizing landlords to pass through to tenants 50% of increased water and sewer bill charges resulting from the adoption of water and sewer rates after July 1st. That's all we have for this week's legislative report. For updated agendas and other information on the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, go to sfgov.org BOS. Next up is Bill Dillon with this week's calendar of events. Hi, I'm Bill Dillon, and this is the SFGTV Community Calendar. A quick look at upcoming events in the city and county of San Francisco. On Thursday, October 2nd, the city and county of San Francisco's Department of Child Support Services invites you to their first annual Client Support Employment Opportunities Fair. It's at the San Francisco Main Library in the Latino-Hispanic Community Rooms. That's at 100 Larkin Street on the lower level. It starts at 10 a.m. and ends at 2 p.m. Registration is required to participate. To register, call 356-2950 or 356-2980. Leave your full name and phone number and state that you'd like to attend the DCSS Employment Opportunities Fair. Bring your resume if you have one and wear clean professional attire because there will be on-the-spot interviews. You'll also get information on resumes and how to dress for an interview and how to fill out job applications. On October 3rd, there's a meeting of the San Francisco Asthma Network from 8 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at the Kaiser Foundation Hospital. That's at 2425 Geary Boulevard. You can get practice tips and tools from experts in the field, engage in practical activities to support your work, and network with colleagues to discuss asthma care issues in San Francisco. For more information on the Asthma Task Force, go to sfgov.org asthma. And for more information on the meeting, contact Gloria Thornton at wellpoint.com. On Saturday, October 4th, it's the International Dragon Boat Festival on Treasure Island. This year marks the fourth year at the incredibly beautiful and scenic home on Treasure Island. With the continued growth of dragon boating in the Bay Area, the California Dragon Boat Association again expects record attendance in all divisions this year. Come on out for another great weekend of good hard racing, excellent entertainment and food, and great times on and off the water. You can get more information at sfdragonboat.com. Also on October 4th is the Walk for Hope Breast Cancer Walk starting at 9 a.m. at Justin Herman Plaza. The Walk for Hope to Cure Breast Cancer is a national, family-oriented, non-competitive walk that raises funds to support breast cancer research, treatment, and education programs at City of Hope. 
The 5K walk will start at Justin Herman Plaza, follow the Embarcadero, circle around AT&T Park, and return to the plaza. For more information, go to cityofhope.org slash walkforhope slash San Francisco. Then on October 5th, it's the Bridge to Bridge Run starting on Herb Can Way. The Bridge to Bridge Run benefits the Special Olympics. For more info, go to bridgetobridge.com. Thanks for checking out the SFGTV community calendar. Thanks, Bill. That's all for this week's show. For SFGTV, I'm CJ Hunt. And I'm Jennifer Lowe. Tune in every week for the latest on your local government. Thanks for watching.